LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Derek Hanna. And I'm Scott Sanders. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every single week. What do you thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. Also proudly part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. And we encourage you to check out our new network page on iTunes and see all the other quality Christian podcasts that are available there. But for now, you press play on another episode of The One Thing, your church's evangelism in 2021. And we met up with Dave Jensen to talk mission and evangelism in 2021. He's starting as the EV pastor, uh, mission pastor. Uh, it is a church on the central coast. And yeah, I feel like I feel like Derek. We need we need to have you know, you know, computer music in the background when you say twenty twenty one. It feels futuristic, but it is just around the corner, isn't it? It is futuristic, isn't it? But then you're right. <laughs> it's just around, only what six months away, or something like that. That's it. it. I mean, the year's gone fast, even though we've been locked up. The year has gone fast. Yeah. But actually, yeah. starting to think about twenty twenty one now is really important. We want to practically keep pursuing the mission conversation in our churches. We want our churches to be mission-minded. We want our churches to be looking for opportunities to reach the, the lost. So this is what the first clip talks about. When mission is running well at a church, I think 90% of it is about um, intentional, proactive, well-thought-out activity. That's it. That this is a priority to the church, and so you're thinking about it, and you're executing those thoughts Um, And so that could look like deciding, right, we're going to run uh, an evangelistic course, whether it be life or whatever it is, Christian Explored, whatever. And we're going to run it at this time of year. We're going to do these things before the course. And that might be uh, your Easter services, Christmas services, a holiday club, um, any number of things where you're contacting and connecting uh, with the local community and with uh, your congregation's friends and families. Uh, And then you're running this course and we run it every term or twice a year or three times a year, whenever it is, um, but you're intentional about it. But you don't just stop there. You think, okay, when the course is over, what's happening after that? Okay, we'll, we'll do a Bible study for these new believers or whatever it is. Um, you are proactive in that planning. What that means is you are not doing it dependent on how many non-Christians you have floating around your church at the moment because um, they might not be there. Uh, you're doing it regardless of how many people are around you. What that does is build in your church's DNA. We are a church on mission. We are a church where people will become Christians. We hope to see people become Christians under God. Um, and it's one of those self-fulfilling prophecies that when you put these things into, into action, uh, what happens more often than not is suddenly your church buys in uh, and starts inviting their non-Christian friends along. But if you don't put it in action, it's not going to happen. That's 90% of the gig, I reckon. Alrighty, so in that clip, Dave says uh, it's all about intentional, proactive, well thought out activity. It's ninety percent. Most churches actually aren't doing you know anything. So in, in some ways, Dave's kind of lifted the bar quite high to be intentional and proactive and, and well thought out. And that's what he says: don't run it reactively, run it proactively, and run it even if a few people show up. You can't spring it on people and expect it to be a massive success. In fact. It takes time to build that momentum, build confidence, 
interested. So it's a three year it's a three year change process at least, and uh, and you're not going to see the the fruit of that that hard, ongoing, consistent, intentional work uh, for three years, which I know is hard hard to say, uh, but holding the line, especially when you, you know you run a simple Christianity course and only you know only one person shows up. Um, you know, and you've got a, a hospitality team, you've got table leaders, you've done the promo promotion really well. But as, as that one person turns up, actually think back and go, okay, well, what could we have done better? What, you know, why didn't uh, this work? Uh, how can we, you know, maybe change, uh, you know, the way we're promoting it in our home groups, uh, in our small groups? How can we change the way we're uh, promoting it from the front? Uh, so there's, you know, there's, there's always opportunities, I think, to tweak and, and do things better. Okay, let's move to the second clip. Um, where we ask Dave, what's your response to a church who just trains for one-to-one evangelism? Let's hear what he has to say. I think often we exist in an ideal world where we believe all of our congregation um, are people who are not going to just be willing, but competent and able to read the Bible, to sit down and read the Bible uh, with non-Christian people. Um, my experience working in ministry in a variety of contexts and countries uh, is that is unfortunately delusion. Uh, and I don't say that harshly. It's disappointingly so, but it's delusional. Um, most Christians are not at the stage where they're up to sitting down with non-Christians and reading the Bible, and many of them will never be. Um, so what do we do with that? Well, the first thing, we don't give up. We don't say, right, well, I, I, okay, they're never going to be like that, so I'm not even going to bother. No, no. I think we still say, hey, we have this as an ideal. We want our... Christian people meeting up with people to read the Bible. So we encourage uh, from the front, we train people in that ministry, we try and get as many people involved in that as well. But one of the big mistakes we make then is go, right, well, that's our main effort. So that's what we're going to do. We're not going to do anything else, even though hardly anyone's doing it. That's what we're going to do. But I think simultaneously then you need to move from the ideal world to the real world and go, right, so if not all of our church, if only 20% of our church are going to do this type of ministry, what can we do to engage 100% of them? Because we've got 80% of the church who aren't doing this. So what can we do? And that's where something like a course, um, evangelistic event course, uh, is really, really fruitful um, because you can then encourage as a first evangelistic step all of your church to say, hey, you might not be able to read the Bible uh, with someone. You don't feel confident enough to do that. But you can invite someone along. You can bring them along. Now, that doesn't mean you then don't encourage them to read the Bible with people. You still have that, but you have as your main effort, by that I mean the avenue upon which most people will get converted at your church. The main effort is the course which most of your church can get involved in. All right, so Scott, he says it's unrealistic to expect the whole church to do one-to-one evangelism. I think he says delusional. It's delusional. 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 All right. Where are you sitting on this? <laughs> well, well, delusionals. I think that there's a hope. We we all, you know, one Peter three need to have um, be able to, you know, be able to give an answer. And so, in some senses, um, is you know, is that one to one evangelism? You know, is is just being able to share your testimony um, enough? Is is being able to, you know, ask the pointed question uh, and then follow, you know, follow it up uh, enough? Is that evangelism? Uh, so, in some senses. I think it. I think it is delusional to expect someone to be able to, you know, walk someone all the way through, you know, a gospel conversation and have the moment. You know, do you want to pray the prayer now? Partly though, not because we we can't we can't do it, but it, it just takes a number of those conversations, a number of those points, and they need to be 
actually coming from the whole body of Christ. I don't need to be coming from just, you know, one person. So, and uh, there's a, an idealism which can end up being unhelpful. It's you know, not bad being idealistic, but the idea that you uh, can train everyone in church in one-to-one evangelism, that's a good ideal and you want to move towards that. The idea that everyone would be good at that or that would be the primary way in which they'd be able to introduce those they know to Jesus. Like that, for me, for example, my personality, I am useless at that one-to-one evangelism. Um, but you sit me in front of a group of people and that's probably where more my strengths lie. So there are different gifts and different ways in which we're wired. How do you, you know, what place does training for evangelism have in church? It's important, I think, to say, actually, the, the argument here isn't don't train for one-to-one evangelism um, and don't ever do walk-up. Actually, that was really formative for me at university, having that train, having to be pushed to do that. Brilliant. Excellent. But uh, within a, a local church suburban context, that's probably not going to be the way in which most people are going to be able to share their friend, the gospel with their friends. And so that's the question. All right. Here's the third clip where we ask Dave, how do you train your church to be evangelistic? I think the best way to train a church in evangelism is to involve your congregation in evangelistic courses. So you put on the evangelistic course and it's got two outcomes. Outcome one um, is non-Christians becoming Christians. Conversion. Uh, That goes without saying. That's what you pray for. That's what you hope. Outcome two, to see your congregation not just converted to evangelism, Um, but also trained in competency in evangelism. So how do you do that? Well, you bring your church involved, you involve the members of your church as hosts or table leaders or table talkers in the course. Um, You train them in that. You get get them to see a frontline evangelism uh, firsthand where they're there. You train them when it's good to be silent, which is 90% of the time in evangelism. You train them when it's good to, to speak Uh, what to say, uh, and you get them infected with excitement as they see people become Christians that way. Um, As part of the training uh, for the course, uh, you train them in how to sit down and read the Bible with people, and then you show them firsthand what that looks like by running the course. Uh, My experience of training uh, Christians in evangelism is 90% of it is ineffective uh, if it is not followed immediately by an opportunity to put that into practice, um, and not just an opportunity, but the means, a supervised sort of method uh, where you're able to encourage them along. Uh, otherwise, I've heard it put this way um, by a, a great Aussie guy called Sam Chan, um, who says, you know, with evangelism, it's often like just we get a Christian, uh, getting a newborn and throwing them in the water and saying, swim, you know, without any, that's what we do with Christians in evangelism. Whereas really, we need to, be, we need to show them what it looks like on the ground. Um, and the courses are terrific as that. So the second outcome of a course is training people in evangelism. Um. I feel like he's just flip-flopping. Now he's, now he's saying we should train. What's going on? <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, well, what is he's not flip-flopping, but what is he saying? What's his argument? Well, I guess two outcomes of, of running an evangelistic course. There's, there's conversions, God willing. We want to be praying for that. That's, you know, that's the big, big outcome that we're looking for. We want to see people actually make decisions so if people aren't making decisions in your evangelistic course ask some questions about your evangelistic course one of the big ones is have you asked people to repent and trust in jesus the second one is training you know there is there is so many training opportunities as you run a course you know in terms of how to how to how to be hospitable um how to invite people 
to, uh, to things well. As you're sharing that with the whole church, you're giving them the opportunity to say, hey, here's how you might uh, introduce this. And then in the actual course, every week as people are asking questions, they're all training moments. So, so use the course itself to evaluate each night and say, well, tonight we had you know, 10 people in the room and that's a question I haven't heard before. Or that's a question that comes up regularly. Here's how I answered it this night. How could we have done it better? So I think as a, as a leader, you've, you've heard this, you know, these questions are, are in some senses groundhog day, but for your people, they're not. And how can you actually help your people answer these questions so they can answer them around the water cooler um, or around the Zoom conversation? And, you know, as Dave pushes into this stuff as well, part of what he's saying is there is infectiousness to the excitement when people see the gospel working in lives. Like there's a most or a lot of adults haven't seen adult people become Christians before. That was something that happened in high school and university um, or that younger age where people are exploring. And so to put before people the, the reality that God works in lives and reforms eternities in people of all ages is infectious when people see it, even if you don't know the people that the church is celebrating. And, and that's where I think celebrating in your church, you know, it's great, it's great when you do see uh, the testimonies at, at, a, at a baptism uh, in, in church life. And they, they, they talk about the course they went along to. They talk about the person who brought them along to church uh, and them responding in faith. I think they're, they're all moments to uh, celebrate and, and actually say, you know, see, here's, here's, the, here's the gospel working. All right, let's move to the fourth clip where Dave talks about church evangelism in 2021. I reckon what we have here in the coronavirus and uh, everything that's been happening in 2020 uh, is a wonderful opportunity to reassess um, what we've done, what we've been doing, uh, and to plan uh, for really well thought out, effective, um, engaging evangelistic ministry and really rejoicing in the fact that we are not the sum total of what we've done in the past. That, oh, we haven't, you know, you might be in a position where you haven't seen conversions for ages or you've, it's struggling to engage with people. Well, that's absolutely okay. And that doesn't mean that has to be who you are in the future. And it doesn't mean that has to follow you around like a, like a bad smell. Uh, but actually, it's a really great way of going, okay, well, I've tried this, X, Y, and Z. It, it hasn't proved as effective as I wanted. This is a good time for me to assess, well, what, I, what am I going to do? What am I going to do differently now? Um, and probably set a realistic set of expectations. Um, I, I was just working in a church that um, hadn't seen a conversion in five years, um, around 130 people in the morning, um, and we started running an evangelistic course once a term. Um, the first course we ran, we saw two conversions, um, which was amazing. I mean, really incredible. Um, the next course we ran saw, I think, three or four conversions. Amazing. The one we ran after that saw none. The one we ran after that saw none. Um, that was really, really difficult. But the one we ran after that saw, I think, seven. And what that taught us over a space of two years was persistence. Just got to keep going, keep trying, um, and really stick with things and learning from other people and going, right, okay, what can we try here? What am I going to stick with that could be effective and engaging um, in this time? Uh, I think it's a wonderful opportunity God's given us here uh, to, to think through, not doing a million things poorly, but I'm going to do very few things really, really well, and chief amongst them, uh, be a church on mission together. All right, now, he, Dave says, if your church hasn't been seeing conversions, that there is hope. 
you can assess the situation and set realistic expectations. You can turn it around, Scott. So, so what is a realistic expectation? I reckon that's the question to be asking. I, I think it's worthwhile setting a high bar. So set, you know, set a goal of, say, 5% of attendance with, with conversions. Now, that, that is, you know, seems wildly outrageous if you've had no conversions in the last two to three years. But I think aim, aim for it and then keep asking the question, um, you know, why, why aren't we getting there? And I think often, often the reason is we, ha- you know, we haven't got a culture across the church of, of mission. Um, and so, you know, don't let this just be about courses. You need to create mi- mission heat across the whole church. So in our small groups, uh, there needs to be, you know, a prayerfulness about uh, evangelism and conversions. Uh, in our, you know, sermons and preaching, you need to be pushing people for, uh, for, you know, just this, this, this heart that, that God has as well, this desire for, for everyone to be saved. Uh, we need to be celebrating, you know, celebrating the mission that is taking place and celebrating the, you know, the wins and, um, and also the losses that, are, that, that happen in our church. But I think his story of sort of running an evangelistic course each term of, you know, two conversions in term one, four in, four in second term, then zero, zero, you know, and then you got seven again. I, I think he, that encouragement to just be persistent um, about things uh, is, is really helpful. Yeah, and I, I reckon one of the things that I talk to guys who are leading churches and who are trying to turn this around is the percentage thing is helpful um, at some level for those big goals. But actually, all you're looking for at the start is one, just one story. One, it doesn't have to be uh, a conversion, just be a story about people exploring the gospel. That builds confidence, that builds the narrative that, the, and the reality that God is working in people. That's what people want to hear. Anyway, that's been really helpful. Um, you want listen, the you want the mission pandemic? Is that what you is that what you're asking for? Oh, you know, infectious infection, God. the mission pandemic. Happy for you to take that one out, Tom. You've just but, um, <laughs> you've just stumbled on genius phrase that is going viral, so to speak. Oh uh, my goodness, the dad jokes uh, this morning are coming out. All right, what's in your toolbox for this, Scott? So there's a great course, uh, Mission During COVID with Dave Jensen, and we'll put the Ministry Grid link in the show notes to that. I think we've made that free over, the, uh, over this season as well. So uh, we want to keep encouraging churches to get mission on the agenda. Uh, want to get a mission consultation with Reach Australia? Uh, Reach Australia have got some great uh, consultants who can come to your church and actually help you start thinking into this. So we'll put a link in the show notes to uh, the consulting page on reachaustralia.com.au. And, uh, and engage them. Uh, it's always good to have a, a third set of eyes on this. Uh, the life course. So I think, you know, you know I'm, I'm kind of agnostic on courses. Uh, I just think they're, they're quite helpful. So think through the course that is going to work uh, for your situation. And so one that's been working really well across the Geneva Network is the life course. So I'll put in the link in the show notes to that as well. And the, uh, the 70 2010 framework piece as well. If you haven't heard that, uh, before that's just a, a really helpful way to think about uh, training uh, as you as you train your people. And I think as you hear that seventy twenty ten framework piece as well, look up something on feedback because that's the uh, that's the the gold star I think for the on the job stuff. How do you provide feedback and on the job coaching as well? Alrighty, well Scott, what's the one thing people need to hear about evangelism in twenty twenty one? Now's the time to be planning for twenty twenty one evangelism. Oh, sure and sweet. Well done. Oh, well, if you have liked what you've heard of The One Thing today, we'd appreciate it if you take a moment, rate the show on iTunes, even leave a comment. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. I'm Derek Hanna. And I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon.